My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here. Today we have a very, very exciting guest coming on our show today. Angel Hartwell, a trusted advisor to creative age leaders, an internationally recognized speaker, nine times number one bestselling author, eight times award-winning executive producer and podcast host. The Wealthy Life Mentor is one of America's premier experts on creating conscious change and living a wealthy life by design. Working with thousands of entrepreneurs throughout her 30 plus year career, Angel knows how to create proactive change that creates client breakthroughs in all areas of life. She's also the host of uh, Wickedly Smart Women podcast, a number one internationally ranked eight times award winning show downloading in over uh, 106 countries. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you so much for taking the time of your day to come on. What a pleasure to have you here today with us. You know, if you don't mind taking us back a little bit and filling in those gaps as to how you got to where you are today, I think you have an incredible story that you could share with myself and the audience. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Brittany. So um, I actually start my first career was in the real estate industry. And at the end of that career, about a 20 years in the real estate industry, I was the national chairperson for my trade association. And I was building out with two partners, an award winning multi use uh, community, we had 51 single family houses, 56 apartments and an office building. And uh, then I had a spiritual awakening. And as a result of that spiritual awakening, I ended up having my own art gallery and healing art center for a few years. I produced a street festival for a couple of years that brought 6,500 people to my downtown. And then I got called to speak and share my healing journey, my, my transformational journey. And so in 2008, I began speaking and I started with virtual speaking because I was also uh, facing a divorce with my second husband and facing puberty with my kiddo. And so I needed to find a way to share my message with a lot of people because I was really called to be, um, you know, globally having a global impact. It, right. I wasn't called to speak at the local rubber chicken luncheons, if you know what I mean. <laughs> And right. at the same time, I had this kiddo that I needed to, that I was committed to being a full-time parent to. So I'm so grateful for the technology angels because that's how I got started using my voice um, virtually. And I've been speaking virtually now since 2008 and created a multi-million dollar uh, revenue, you know, growth for myself and served clients all over the world. And my clients collectively have generated about a hundred million, maybe a little bit uh, somewhere in that zone. I'm stopping constantly counting at this point. And uh, in 2018, I got inspired to, I rebranded a little bit and got inspired to start my first podcast. um, Because I also went through a period as many entrepreneurs do where you go sky high and then you nose dive and then you have to come back out of it. 
So uh, as a result of a personal kind of life rupture, I call it the life rupture that happened in 2016, I ended up rebranding. Before that, when I was um, serving people, it was mostly women I was speaking to and serving and helping them to feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. And then I had this life rupture and got guided by my source to start serving men and uh, built a whole brand new brand called Men on Purpose and started my first podcast out of that. And so my first show was the Men on Purpose podcast. And um, that ranked in the top 200 within five weeks. And within four months, I had my first five-figure payday from that show. And after um, about a year, I ended up starting the second show, Wickedly Smart Women. And Wickedly Smart Women, uh, we ranked number 75 within one day of launching. And I had my first five-figure payday from Wickedly Smart Women before the show even launched. Ultimately, I ended up making the decision that doing two shows was, um, I had overextended myself a little bit. And so I made the decision to put the first show on hiatus. And um, and then in 2020, in March of 2020, I still had episodes going out and um, I ended up connecting with somebody and he wanted to buy my show. I, I The idea came into me we were in this uh, event, the idea came into me, I wonder if he'd be interested in buying the show. And so I approached him and he said, yes. And so I was one of the first people to sell a podcast. Right. So, yeah. Incredible. Talk to us a little bit about selling podcasts and how that works and how it worked out so well for you, because I don't think a lot of people do it, right? If you don't mind touching, I think that'd be an interesting topic. Sure. Yeah. Very few people do it. In fact, I Mm -hmm. was one of the first people to do it. first independent show producer to sell my show to another independent. You know, there are uh, big platforms like Wondery and so forth that sometimes will go in and uh, buy content or Spotify or, um, yeah, uh, the the one that bought Joe Rogan. You know, there are those great, great big gigantic deals that have happened right. in the podcast space. Um, my deal was much smaller than Joe Rogan's deal. Let me be clear about that. So, um, I actually, there were seven things that my buyer was, was looking for when, um, he decided to buy the show. And one of the main things was the name of the show. And so one thing that I would encourage people who are thinking about starting a podcast or who already have a podcast, if you, have a strategy in place that the podcast, like in my case, my strategy is my podcast serves my business, my business serves my life, and my life serves my purpose. If you have a strategy in place that your podcast is serving your business, um, then you may want to begin to consider, do you have an exit strategy? A lot of people start podcasts merely for the purpose of just serving their business or serving their pleasure. Like they want to start a podcast because they feel like they have something to say or they they want to entertain people and they don't necessarily have a business strategy. So in my case with Men on Purpose, and the same is true for Wickedly Smart Women, it became clear to me that it was a brand and brands can be sold, right? And so the name was a primary driver for the man who bought my first show. 
Wow. So the name was one, one thing. What were the other seven things that the buyer was mm-hmm. looking for? Great. Well, I when actually you started, have- grew and you sold your show. Yeah, I actually have a, a gift for your audience that lays all of these things out, but I'll give them to you quickly. So uh, first was the name. Second was the ranking. You know, he he wanted a show that was already ranked. By the time he bought the show, it was um, ranked in the top 50 in business in the U.S. So he was really interested in that. That gave value to him. He right. saw value in the ranking. Uh, he was looking for longevity, right? So the ranking and the longevity are, are, you know, they go together. I had already produced 163 consistent episodes over, you know, 163 weeks. So there was solidity, there was audience, there was ranking, there was consistency uh, in the content. He was interested in my reach. You know, by the time this, um, I sold it, there it, the show was downloading in 97 countries. That takes something for a producer and a host to create that kind of momentum and that kind of reach. That was valuable to him. Uh, he was very interested in my SOPs, standard operating procedures for my production process, right? Not only was he interested in the SOPs for the production process, but he what he really wanted to know was step-by-step step, everything I do to prepare for an interview. Because he was not, even though he had been podcasting, he wanted to um, have my process. He wanted to have awareness of my process so that he could either blend it with his existing process, improve his his, existing process, or replace his existing process for interviewing. He had um, come into the podcast space as a paid host. So he didn't own the show that he was hosting for. And one of the things that he expressed at this event was he just really wanted to help men and he wanted them to be purposeful and he wanted to help them to be purposeful. And he was doing a real estate show. He was hosting a real estate show and he had no creative control over the show that he was hosting. So, you know, just him saying those words, I was like, gee, I wonder if he'd be interested in buying my show because it was called On Purpose. He wanted to know if it was monetized. And like I said, it, within four months, I had my first five-figure payday from that show. That all is part of a bigger business strategy, though. And I had already spent 10 years, you know, using the power of my voice, doing virtual speaking and converting people into high-ticket high offers. So he wanted to know the way that it could be monetized and that it could be monetized and that it had been monetized. Um, And then he wanted to know if I could include my team in the deal or if I could include my team to train his team. So that was part of the deal as well. You know, is the team part of the deal? And in this case, what we did was um, part of it we set up for him in the transition because then there's this whole transition part. There's a whole process to selling a show, but these were the things that he was interested in that made it valuable to him to say yes to, to my offer to sell it. Wow. Incredible. So crazy to think that you were one of the, probably one of the first people to sell because Mm -hmm. that is not common. It is not right. common to sell a show. And I mean, you, you, this is already your first show that you mm-hmm, did. It's yeah. not 
Yeah. So, and, and then I had colleagues come out of the woodwork and say, can you consult with me to tell me what to do to sell my show? And so right after I sold my show, at least three colleagues sold their shows as well. So um, it became a little thing for a while. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. Now you mentioned um, a few times earlier in our conversation here about leveraging the stage into a multi-million dollar business using your voice. Now, do you mind diving in a little bit deeper about that? Because I think it's truly incredible what you have accomplished uh, by using your voice. Sure. Well, um, I think the first thing I want to say is I was called. So, you know, if there's anybody in your audience who really feels like they're called, they really need to get a message out to the world. Right. That was kind of what was the initiation for me was the calling. The monetization piece was I was facing divorce with my second husband and I had a kid going into puberty who needed new shoes every three weeks. And I was responsible for the $450,000 house payment. So oh I needed to make sure it was it was on my shoulders to make sure that fun funds were coming in and flowing in on a consistent basis. So I did not have the luxury of having it be this like, oh, I'm just going to speak and see what happens. I needed to be very wise. And I will say my first year virtual speaking, I didn't make much money at all. I made like $12,000 in 2008. And it wasn't until I actually invested to hire mentors and consultants and coaches that I was able to get clear, not only that I needed a business model and a strategy, but that I also needed a high-end offer. And so in 2009 is when I hired my first, you know, I enrolled in my first mentorship. And by the end of 2000, which came at the end of 2009. So throughout 2009, I was making no money, no money, no money, no money, no money, no money. I was speaking, speaking, speaking. I was getting divorced. And uh, in the last quarter of 2009, I generated $40,000 in the last quarter. So I went from like 12,000 to 40,000. And then by the end of 2010, I had generated 174,000. Now this was before we had Twitter and, you know, social media, all the social media stuff. I mean, we were doing, I I don't even know how it happened, frankly, (laughs) Brittany, but I knew it had to happen and I needed to have a clear business strategy. I mean, business is pretty simple. Have something of value to sell, sell it, serve it, celebrate your clients, and then go back out and speak about it again. Right. So Speak about what you have to sell, sell it, serve it, celebrate the success of your clients and and just keep rinsing and repeating that. Yeah. And so, you know, over the years, I've I've helped many people to become monetized, well monetized with their messages. And, you know, I specialize in helping people to really distill what their five-figure payday value is and to be able to have. Um, confidence and clarity and the courage to go out there and say, this is, this is who I am. This is how I'm serving. Uh, Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. (laughs) Right. And you mentioned high ticket offers. Now, what, what, what do you find is most important when having a high ticket offer to sell? 
Well, you have got to be absolutely confident in Mm -hmm. your capacity to serve the people that you are there to serve. Um, It actually requires less rather than more. So we're going to go back. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, a a high ticket offer, people who are investing 10,000, 15,000, 25,000, 50,000, $99,999.99, right? So that's five figure. You can have a five figure payday anywhere along that range. Uh, People who are investing at a high level, what their greatest desire is, is to compress time. And so if you dump a ton of stuff on them, you're actually uh, creating more friction in the relationship and less capacity for success for the client. And so I, ser- the way I serve my clients is what is the most efficient way that we can serve the purpose and the people and the pocketbook. Like what is the most efficient, most effective? The world is filled with a zillion different brand new, every five seconds, things you can do in your business. And so you've got to be, um, you've got to be radically ruthless with saying no to the distractions and you've got to be incredibly crystal clear and confident in what you're offering. And of course, you've got to know how to have the, the, the all-important selling conversations or have some kind of enrollment process that brings people in. And, and high ticket is, a, you know, it's its own animal. It's definitely its own animal. And there are many ways to enroll people through high ticket. The biggest, most important thing is your internal clarity and certainty that what you have to offer is of value. A hundred percent, because if you can create that belief that it is valuable and that's going to make all the difference. I mean, if you believe the belief behind it, you have yourself, it's going to make it a lot easier to sell to someone else, right? Well, people can feel it. You know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're living in an age where people are becoming much more um, refined in their capacity to feel out, you know, is this a hyper or is this a heart centered person who authentically wants to serve me? Right. Right. And um, people are becoming exponentially more refined in their ability to tune in and discern, right. Whether or not somebody's offer is really real and whether they're going to bring what they say they're going to bring. It's not just about, you know, believing you can do it. It's about knowing you can, you can serve people. Right. And, you know, some of that is expertise and, and skill and years of experience. And some of that may be, especially because we are also cutting the edge, you know, we're at the beginning of the, of the creative age. Some of it is the courage to say, I'm doing this brand new thing here. This is a brand new thing. Nobody's ever done it before, but I can see it. I know it's possible. Here's how we're going to go with it. This is my commitment to you. This is what I expect back from you. You know, having really clear boundaries around the container. This is the investment. Boom. Right. And having that kind of certainty and clarity, you can sell even a high ticket vision 
that is something that doesn't even exist yet, which, you know, I got that from real estate. My, my last project was 51 single family houses. I sold the first 10 houses from dirt piles. I'd go out to wow. the dirt pile and say, imagine, look down the hill, you're going to have a beautiful gazebo <laughs> view. And it was a giant right. dirt pile, you know, but you had that vision, right? Exactly. I love it. Angel, tell me a little bit about your client acquisition and what that process is like. Yeah. So my client acquisition, I have two different means of client acquisition. One is I am speaking like I am today. And two is they're speaking to me on my podcast and it, it keeps things very simple. So uh, when people come to me to, to be guests on my podcasts, not all of them, but many of them can become clients because, you know, I go through a process just like you're doing of interviewing. And when you can sit in the interview chair, you can ask any question you'd like. <laughs> and, and when you ask questions wisely, you can either get direct information or you can hear between the lines whether or not this person may be a great fit client to work with you. Right. Um, so pretty much my client acquisition is via using the sound of my voice. I love it. Well, and you, you are a natural speaker. I just, it feels good listening to your voice. It's a good voice. <laughs> and you. I mean, it just comes naturally to you. So it's, mm. I love it. Now, you know, let's, let's kind of go back again to, you know, some boundaries and mm -hmm. having those badass boundaries um, and how they are one of the magical secrets to making more income and impact. Now, I know we might have touched on this a little bit, but if you want to dive right into that topic, I think we can, you know, I think it can be very powerful to my listeners. Awesome. Well, they call me the qu queen of green on Clubhouse. Love <laughs> and it. Some people call me, some people call me the fairy pod mother over on Clubhouse as well. The fairy and pod mother? The fairy pod mother, right? Because I, I do talk a lot about, you know, how, how do we create a wealthy life by design, right? I'm known as the wealthy life mentor. And so right. wealth to me is the sum total of all the resources that we have available to us. And I use the acronym THIEF, T-H-I-E-F, to talk about the, the different resources that we have available to us. Our time, our health, our imagination, which is a combination of our intellect and our intuition, uh, our ecosystem of exchange, which is all the people that we connect with throughout the world, and fun with our family, friends, and fellows on the path. And so I use the, that acronym to describe those are all of the resources that we have that create a wealthy life. And we're often stealing from one or more of those. And so it's our job to assess how are we spending our time? How is our health? How are we employing our imagination? How are we fostering community and thriving in our ecosystem of exchange? Are we having fun? And if we aren't ruthless with looking at all of those things and setting the boundaries that say, this is what I need for time. Like I need 12 weeks in the summertime out in the woods. And right. it's my job to be self reflective and self-assessing 
everybody's different. Don't let anybody fool you into believing that you can do some cookie cutter system step by step and your life is going to be just like their life. We are unique. We each have unique fingerprints. We each have unique needs. We're all at different stages in our journey, which is why I have a consultancy practice because I love working with a variety of different people at a variety of different places, and I can serve them in a variety of different ways and simultaneously serve myself and what I require in order to thrive. And it's it's my job as the business owner, as the owner of my life, as the sovereign queen of my life to know what makes me thrive and then set right. rigid and ruthless boundaries around um, saying no to everything that's not that. Not doesn't. that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I think it's so important to, you know, set those boundaries. Other ways you get carried away and you lose the focus. And it's very, very, it's very important to set those boundaries just to be sure that you're on track. Right. It's essential. Taking care of you. Mm-hmm. It's essential. Cause if you don't, it's just like having a pinhole in a balloon. Everything might look good for a while, but sooner or later that balloon is going to, you know, right. Deflate. Yeah. It's going to catch up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's going to catch up to you. Exactly. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I do mm-hmm. want to hear a little bit about, you know, we, we know what your intentions behind the Wickedly Smart Women podcast was and kind of where it's sitting today. I mean, number one internationally ranked eight times award winning show in 106 countries. Now, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, all the ways you generate an income from from the show. I know that you mentioned, you know, sometimes your guests converge some, if they're a fit, any other ways that you go ahead and, um, yeah, generate any income. So, I mean, I, I put out there the invitation to donate just for shits and giggles. And sometimes people donate, which is lovely. You know what I mean? It, it gives the, it gives the listener an opportunity to, to contribute. You know, we're, you always need to be calling people to action and giving yeah. people a way to give you money right? If you don't give somebody a way to give you money, they're not going to give you money. So I have the little donation thing. And, you know, I don't know, it pays for maybe two weeks of my virtual assistant every year. Who knows? Um, I also have uh, a red velvet rope option, and that is a paid option to become a guest on the show. I'm very, here's back to boundaries, Brittany. I only do 52 episodes a year, once a week, except in September, which is the anniversary month during which I add another, I think it's 16 episodes to just have a big push in the anniversary month and, you know, do the celebrations and all the things. And it's also the month where International Podcast Day happens. So I'm just like in the momentum of putting more uh, energy towards the show in September. But the total number of spots I have is like, 52 and 68 spots. So it's exclusive. So I do have the red velvet rope option. If somebody has like a book launch they're doing or a specific time that, you know, they want a lot of press and publicity for an initiative that they have. And so people have the option of investing in that. And, And I only do like 16 of those at most. 13 to 16 of those at most, because I'm, I convert five figure paydays. You know, I'm focused on five figure paydays. I'm not focused on whether somebody's giving me a hundred bucks on donations, you know, or right. Right. And then 500 bucks to be a a red velvet rope. Now that's not the end goal. Yeah, of course not. And this past year, um, just actually the beginning of January, we, I extended the brand last year (gasps) and let's talk about it did a collaborative book. 
because I have so many people who want to be on the show and they have great stories and they want their voices heard, it became clear to do a collaborative book would be another avenue for people to invest in my business, in my brand, and for them to get their objectives met, which is to get more visibility, to have their story out there. And so we launched Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds, and people paid to have a chapter in the book. And so that wow. was another way of making money. And that book um, was a number one hot new release in six categories in two countries. And it was an international bestseller and it won 34 different rankings. And as of today, it's still in the top 0.006% of all books across all categories on Amazon Kindle. So the book, it became Congrats. clear that extending the brand through the book process what became clear is, oh, we're, we're doing volume two and we're probably going to do volume three and volume four and volume five of, of the book. So another way of generating revenue. Incredible. I love it. I mean, I love that you have several different ways of going ahead and generating that, that revenue because that's, that is really important as well. And congrats on everything. That's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, your ranking is just incredible. Now, what would you say is your number one top focus for the next six months, six months to 12 months from now, is there an end goal? Well, you know, um, we could go two different ways with this brand. Somebody could come buy it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know how to sell a brand. <laughs> Somebody right. could come buy it and I could launch another brand, which, you know, I'm very creative and I'm I totally always have a million different ideas and things, pots on the stove that are simmering. <laughs> Lots of pots right. on the stove that are simmering. So I have that pathway open as a possibility. Somebody could come and just say, I want that show. And we could hammer out a deal and I could sell the show and start another one. Um, that's one pathway that's that's kind of on the, the radar screen. I definitely were already, I've already inked the deal for the second book for um, Wickedly Smart Women. So the next six months is definitely... Uh, focused on bringing in the folks who are going to be part of the second book. Um, yeah, I think those are the two main initiatives. And both of them are intended to serve my own thriving and growth and the business that I, the consultancy business, which, you know, my consultancy business, the Creative Age Consulting Group, we support others to do similar things to what I'm doing, which is helping messengers to get their message out into the world and monetized. So, yeah. I want to have I fun too, it. Brittany. I'm going to have fun. You're going to add the, the fun to it. Yes. I'm, making, I'm having, having fun, fun making, making the, the funds because, you know, the first fun. three letters, the first three letters in the word funds is F-U-N. So if I'm not having yeah. fun, I'm not doing it. At this point in the journey, I'm not doing it. Love it. You have one of my boundaries. One of your boundaries. I mean, you're passionate about what you're doing. So that makes it fun. I love mm -hmm. it. So Angel, thank you so much for taking the time of your day to really come on here and add this value that you did for myself and my listeners. Huge, huge, huge. You've been a rock star guest. And, um, you. you know, I love that everything that you're doing and, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, maybe they want to buy your brand. What would be the best way to go ahead and reach out and connect? 
Well, since we talked about the sellable show thing, um, one of the things that I have for your listeners is my start and grow a sellable show checklist, which basically goes deeper into the things that we talked about in the top of the interview. And you can get that at wealthylifementor.com forward slash podcast hyphen rebels hyphen interview. And uh, that will take you right into my uh, mailing list. And from there, you'll get the checklist. And anybody who, you know, somebody's listening and says, I want to buy Weekly Smart Women, just hit me up. It's not hard to find me or, or the show uh, on all of the listening platforms. And of course, the show has its own website, wickedlysmartwomen.com. So. Yeah. It's an incredible website. I've checked it out, you guys. So go, go take a look. Angel knows what she's talking about and she can help a lot of people out there. So I am so happy you were able to make it on Angel. Thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, Brittany. Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and want to come on the show, just like Angel did today, to share about your what you've got going on in the business, your offers, uh, talk about the podcast, and a little bit about your journey, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, Angel. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.